everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited to be here today to talk with one of our Hallmark talent. Uh, this is our second time having Rebecca Staub on the podcast. And thank you so much for coming back. I love it. I love it. Last time, it's like we ran out of time. There was like so much. It's like, what? We're done already? So it's uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, I really had a great time. Uh, we covered we covered a lot of ground. I remember uh, you know, we talked about the Fantastic Four and like, Hallmark movies. And I know, it was a great it was a great discussion. But it's been since 2018. So long. Too long. Really? It was that long ago? Yeah. August 2019. Can you believe it? I think you chatterbox that, you know, <laughs> you know kind of like out of the gate. It's like blah, 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 blah. So, oh, wow. I didn't realize wow. it was long ago. Well, time flies. Yeah. I mean, can you believe everything that's happened since then? <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, so yeah. So how was like early quarantine for you? 2020? Did you like do any yeah. sourdough baking or anything like that? was nice because I was still at home because you know I live part-time in LA and part-time in Vancouver and normally I go up to Vancouver kind of you know mid to late February-ish and so right when I was kind of getting ready to go Will my husband had to go to New York and you know instead of getting a dog sitter and everything it's like well I'll just you know I'll just wait you know I'll just stay home for a couple more weeks and I'll go up when you get back from New York well that was the beginning of March yeah oh no going to New York was a little bit oh something's really weird you know so he's like he just like went did his event came home and it was like three days later you know in lockdown so at least I was still at home and you know we were fortunate because I mean the biggest thing like we didn't know anyone who got sick like my heart just broke for the people that you know really had to experience the actual illness thank God, you know, we didn't since we were home and, you know, we have a yard and we've got the dogs and, you know, a big enough house that, you know, if you're just together all the time, we loved it. You know, in a way I'm like, wow, if this is what retirement is like. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely tested some, some marriages, some relationships. Sounds like you guys did well. (laughs) We did really well. And the funny thing was, it's like, I was so busy. However, yeah, I don't know. You know, all the people's like, "Oh, I cleaned out all my closets. Oh, I cleaned out this space." I'm like, "Crap! I didn't do any of that." But I don't know what I was so busy doing. You yeah. know, so it was. I felt like it was useful time, but I didn't accomplish all those things that you go. Someday I'm going to go through yeah. all this from high school and digitize them. You know, yeah. I didn't need that crap. So. I don't know what we did, but you know, it, it wasn't bad. And then I ended up going up to Vancouver then actually on July 1st. So we was still pretty much in the thick of it in 2020. And so I flew up there and it was kind of funny because there were like nine people on the plane and I, I had to quarantine in my apartment in Vancouver. I just have, you know, it's like a 400 square foot studio and the windows open four inches And so I was thinking, it's like, oh, God, this is going to, you know, be a long 14 days. So, I I mean, I physically had to stay inside my apartment. It's like you couldn't even go down to take the garbage out. And, you know, I have to say I was well stocked enough that I never had to go out for food. 
that is the place that I organized everything. I organized, you know, the closets and the cleaning, you know, utensils and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, filed all my paperwork because I was literally locked in a 400 square foot room for two weeks. You know, caught up like on a lot of phone conversations with friends. And I used that time so constructively that it went really fast. Like, again, it wasn't bothersome because... I wasn't going to wallow, you know, that's just going to make it worse. I'm like, let's make this really useful. And so once I was out of quarantine, um, you know, it was summer in Vancouver and everybody's outside. And so it's safer outside. And at that time, at the beginning of COVID, you know, Canada just seemed a little bit safer than the States at the time. So I felt like, oh, you know, and I was just out riding my bike and, you know, getting together, you know, with friends, but safely. And it, the thing that was nice is since nobody was traveling, the part of town where I live in Vancouver is no more like very heavy with, with summer tourists. I mean, Vancouver like quadruples in population in the summer because it's such a fabulous vacation destination. Well, because of COVID, there were no tourists. And so down at the beach where I live, like there was nobody. It was just the locals. And it was like really great. We're just like, oh, wow. You know, so that was nice. And then I started working. I really just kind of had a month, you know, where projects were just getting off the ground, like production companies were figuring out all the COVID protocols and blah, blah, blah. And uh, then I just started working right away in September. And uh, I Your asked, first project that you went back to, do you remember? Yeah, and I went to Winnipeg. Is That's when I shot um, Starlight Cafe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with, with Paul and Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really like the first job in the times of COVID, you know, with masks and shields and, you know, but everybody was sequestered and you couldn't sit in the same room. And, and it, it, it was very different work-wise because the entire social element was completely gone. Like, I don't know who the cameramen were, you know, or like first ADs because everybody since it was early on and there was no vaccine, it was double masks and goggles and shields. And those guys had to leave the room if we were, you know, rehearsing. And then it was very, just the, the necessity of the team when we were shooting. And then you couldn't talk before, during or after it was like, shoot your scene and then leave the room. And then, you know, then we'd go back to our, you know, people were either in, in little apartments or, or, uh, hotel rooms. And, you know, we really weren't supposed to do anything. And so it was, you know, I don't know. I adjusted quite fine because I always just find something interesting to do with my time. And so when we were on set, you know, at least the cast could be together. And, you know, Paul Campbell is, he, Paul Campbell, Campbell and Kimberly Sustad are just two of the funniest people I've ever worked with in my life. And so when we were shooting or just the actors were together in the green room, you know, we just had so much fun. And uh, Bruce, who played my husband, you know, he and I would just go out to dinner together, you know, like in, you know, restaurants that had, you know, 
reliable, you know, seating and that kind of stuff. So it, it was just different. It wasn't bad. It was just different. You go, well, you just make the adjustments, you know. And fortunately, I was in in an apartment, so I at least still had a kitchen. So I would have, you know, Instacart deliver because we just, we weren't supposed to, we had to stay in our bubble. It's like, don't go to any stores. And, and so, I don't know, I was kind of comfortable because I had a bunch of auditions that I had to tape. Uh, so I was just kind of putting auditions on tape in my little apartment and going to work and, you know, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm a pretty effective person with my time. I don't waste a lot of time. So it all, it all went very quickly. And then I literally like finished shooting that movie. Like I wrapped like at two in the morning. They took me back to my apartment, grabbed my suitcases, took me to the airport because I had a, I had like a six o'clock flight, but I had to be at the airport at four. And so I got on my the plane, I flew back to Vancouver, and I was starting on the last episode of Chronicle Mysteries. And so literally, you know, I wrapped it to, went to the airport, wow. got on the plane at 6, got off the plane at 7.30 Vancouver time. That, you know, crew picked me up at the airport at 7.30, and I went straight to set for Chronicle Mysteries. You didn't have to quarantine for that one. Well, the thing is, I didn't have to quarantine because I was still in Canada. Mm -hmm. But, you know, most productions were really strict with their bubbles. Like, you know, sure. you couldn't. So since I had just come from a different production, I couldn't interact with anybody. Like, they took me straight to my trailer, and I couldn't even go into hair and makeup. They had hair and makeup come to my trailer and do me there. And then when we went to set... I couldn't even, they kind of have a, you know, a green room is where like the actors, when you're not on set, where you kind of sit and have, you know, where you kind of sit around and wait in between. I couldn't interact with the other actors because I had come from a different bubble. So I had like my own green room, like way at the other end of the hall. Like I had a room all by myself. Yeah. And the that could come in my room like we're the sound guy and makeup and so like I was like it was so funny because I was just like in my own world it's like stand over there don't talk to anybody don't touch anything and so uh it, it was kind of funny because you know again it was early on in COVID where you go the norm was to be as absolutely careful as you could because I mean we were just grateful that we could actually work you yeah. know being tested every day and so I got through that show and then literally gosh what was it like two days later I started on Love Hard which was a Netflix movie with Nina Dobrev and Jimmy O. Yang and uh, so I, then, I mean so literally all during COVID from you know I went up to Canada in July Started working the beginning of September, uh, and I worked all the way through on Love Hard until the beginning of December. Wow. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? 
Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. You know, I just had to stay. I just stayed there a couple more days because I had like some auditions that I had to tape. And then I went home. So, you know, even when I was on, when I was on Love Hard, like they were super strict because since it was in Netflix and like a really big budget project, it was like, you know, outside of your immediate family. It's like, please do us a favor. Don't have any contact. Go, don't go to a store. If you need anything, we will pay the delivery costs. Don't go to the grocery store. We'll pay the delivery costs. Get, wow. your, get your meals delivered. We'll pay the delivery costs. And so, you know, so for that whole movie, which was, when did I start that? And that must have been hard because you're a very social person. I mean, I don't know you that well, but it seems like you're very social. So that seems like that would be hard. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, and again, then when I'm at home, I'm in a 400 square foot apartment, you know, and so it wasn't right. like, you know, you're back home with your family or your husband or your dogs. Yeah, was, did you just Zoom call with your husband during all this? Uh, we would just talk on the phone. <laughs> One of my, my best friend from L.A., she was up in Vancouver at the same time. She was working on Big Sky on that series. Uh-huh. And so the same thing, she was locked in her apartment and I was locked in my apartment and like she didn't have family either. And so I, she was literally just a mile down the beach from where I live. And so she, you know, I figured, well, we were allowed to be with our quote unquote family. And so I'm like, you know, Valerie, we're each other's family. And yeah. so she, we didn't see anybody else like she and I would meet up that there was a little restaurant down on the beach that they had outdoor heaters. And so you could still sit outside, even though it was winter and we would sit down there like bundled up in our coats and our, our hats and our boots. And, and since we were sitting outside, you know, just she and I, and they would give us like this little table in the corner, you know, out on the patio. And so she was really my only personal contact. And it was, I don't know, it was okay for me. It was a lot harder for her because she was just like in Vancouver shooting on location. And so she felt a lot more isolated. Whereas, you know, I've been in Vancouver for almost seven years now. And so it kind of feels like home. So I didn't feel as displaced or alone because it feels like home and, you know, I just spent time outside. I mean, gosh, I rode my bike until it was just way too cold, you know, and, and I lived just like a half a block from the beach. And so even though it's winter, you know, you still go for walks and I was still outside a lot. So I don't know, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it was psychological, you know, some people had a harder time than others. And I just kind of decided not to have a hard time. Mostly because I was so grateful to be working, you know, because with everything that was going on in the world, I was like, thank God, like, 
I can't believe I'm working right now. You know, like when the entire world is ground to a standstill, I just boom, 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 did three jobs literally back to back. So, you know, I think that that put me in a state of mind that was, I was just focused on gratitude. And uh, so, you know, yeah, then I came home kind of right before Christmas and then it was still COVID. So we just stayed home. But, you know, again, I'm very, very happy at home. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really horrible, you know, and then I got, I got vaccinated the very beginning of 2021. I was really fortunate that I actually got like my first vaccination in January. So I got the second one in February. So, you know, by the end of February, I was already feeling, you know, a lot more confident health wise, even though, you know, we were really strict with mask wearing and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. So you did two movies with, you did two movies with Paul Campbell, two movies with Tamara Mowry. Mm-hmm. And so was that second movie, because the Santa Stakeout that you did with both of them, um, was that any kind of different? Did you feel like you were actually get to spend time with them at all? Or or was it just sort of this weird thing where you weren't able to really socialize for either of them? Yeah, because of COVID, like we couldn't really hang out, hang out. But, you know, I do have to say, yeah, because when I worked on with Tamara before on Christmas Miracle, it was one of those days, you know, like I was in every single scene and she was just like one of the most like effervescent people. Like she is magnetic. She's one of those people that like you walk in a room and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on in here? Like she just radiates from the inside. And so even though I had only worked with her kind of that one day, you know, a couple of years ago, I just... Oh, she's one of those people I'm like, I cannot wait to work with her again. And that's what she'd even promised then because that was her first Christmas miracle a couple years ago was her first Hallmark movie. And she just said, you know, I just, I, I want to have, you know, like a, a strong female, uh, you know, kind of circle. And since we got along so well that first time, she's like, I know we're going to work together again. And so... And then, you know, having worked with Paul just the year before, and since that was the first movie during COVID, the cast was closer than the cast normally is because we were the only people that were allowed to be with each other, you know, because normally, you know, you have other people around you, but because we were in Winnipeg on location and cast could only be with cast, you know, and, and Paul, like I said before, is just so funny and so clever and so quick. You know, I just was like, so when I booked Santa Stakeout and I found out it was the two of them, I was like, woohoo! You know, I'm like, I just scored. I'm like, this is going to be so much fun. And so, yeah, like my first day on set, I kind of didn't feel like, oh, it's my first day. Like you get to set and you're like, hey, hey. You know, like it felt like we already had you know, a little, a little crew, a little, um, you know, a little club. And so it was so much easier in our scenes since that movie was, you know, kind of a comedy. It was easier to, you know, kind of let loose and laugh because we, you know, we all knew each other better by, by then. So, uh, that was so fun. 
working on that uh, together with, with both of them. So I hope I work with the two of them again, again. We really enjoyed it. It was so different. Like we haven't really had a, a, a Christmas countdown to Christmas mystery before. It was something a little bit different. I, I think there was one Murder, She Baked movie that was Christmas themed. I think that's the only other one that we've gotten. And uh, that was just fun. It was, uh, you know, and great casting. And, oh, yeah. and uh, was it fun to kind of be the, and spoiler alert, I guess, to <laughs> fun to be the burglar? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, when they asked me to do it, uh, you know, I, I didn't know at the time, like when I accepted, because I just, you know, was excited to to do the project and work with those two. So at the time that I accepted the job, I didn't know. And then when I got the material, I'm like, you are kidding me. Like, oh my God, this is so funny because I thought it was a really good twist. You know, that I think that most of the audience what didn't see that coming. And uh, so, you know, that's the thing in the in the earlier scenes where like my character I'm the only one who knows and then it's that whole do you cover how normal do you play you know do you give any sense of of uh you know guilt or or like red herring to anybody or do you just play it as so I just try to play it as as absolutely innocent as anybody else would who doesn't want to be discovered you know so I didn't you know, maybe that, I, I just, I just was going to let the audience. Yeah. Themselves. I mean, it was on most of our uh, top 10 lists, the Santa stakeout oh. for Hallmark uh, uh, 2021. We all really enjoyed it. We thought it was funny and, and uh, fresh and just uh, very enjoyable. Yeah. Because it was, it was light. Like you yeah. couldn't stop watching. Yeah. Because- <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So with Love Hard, so you knew going into it, this is Netflix production. Yes. Yeah, did that movie, because it was, you know, because when you're shooting something, you just never know, you know how much you love it and you know how good you think it is, but you never know down the road. You go, well, what happens? You know, how is it edited? How is it cut together? How does the network handle it? But, you know, early on while we were shooting and Netflix was Netflix was getting the dailies, as we progressed through the production, we knew that that Netflix is really into it, that they were loving it. And so that's always really good to hear. And that also was so much fun to work on because Hernan, the director, let us improvise a lot. Really? kept the camera rolling and everybody was very well equipped, you know, to improvise and stay in character and kind of stay within the parameters of where the story was going. And so it was fun to see how much of that was still in the film. Um, And, you know, I just had a ball, you know what? I have to say, you know, playing moms in, in these movies, I, I don't have kids and I always wanted children and I wanted a lot of children. And so I kind of think that sometimes when I play a mom, you know, there's a part of my heart that really, really, really loves these actors playing my kid. Like I really, I really 
love them. You know, it's not just so much, hey, I'm playing your mom. Yeah. Part of me that longs for them. And there's a part of me that it plugs into something like puzzle pieces in me that never had, you know, that never really got a place to go. And so, you know, Jimmy O'Yang and Harry Shum Jr., who played my sons, and I was I was the stepmom, you know, I didn't give birth to them there. Oh. oh my God, I loved those guys so much. They were they were they're so lovable. And it was so funny because even each in their different way, you know, as the characters were, and um and it was, and I just, yeah, it seemed like a really fun cast. And of course it's, you've got the diversity, which is great. And, and uh, James, yeah. James so. Sanger, who played my husband, he and I actually acting class together in New York city back in 1986. We, we both studied wow. with Morgan in 86 and 87 and I remember him from that class because in the class, I was always like, that guy's really good. You know, that guy's going to really go places. And so over all of these decades, whenever I would see James in something, I'm like, there he is. There he is. I knew it. I knew it. I knew he was like going to, I knew he was going to make it. And so then when I saw he was playing my husband, like the very first day that we showed up, I'm like, you, you were in Uda's class, weren't you? I go, did you study with Uda Hagen in New York? And he's like, yes. And I said, in 1986, he's like, Yes. And I said, you sat up in the back of the room, like in that upper left-hand corner, didn't you? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I was in that class. We were in the, we were in That's class. so funny. Me Small world. That, yeah, yeah, way back then. I'm like, man. <laughs> so like, well, yeah. I think that, because I love the Hallmark moms as well. I mean, there's <clears throat> you and Camille Mitchell and Tal Rothery and Linda Boyd. This is my favorite. Said, I figure you could have all of you and do a new version of the First Wives Club. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be fun? That would be so good. <laughs> it would be well. It's funny because speaking of Linda Boyd, then I worked with her. I just did two movies like back to back with her. I worked on um, Christmas in Tahoe. Yeah. And we were kind of like the two moms that were in cahoots trying to set up you know, her son with my daughter. And oh my God, I have to tell you, Christmas in Tahoe, it just, that, it moved me so much because first of all, like I was the the hugest train fan. And so then I turned into like a total fan dope, you know, meeting, you know, Pat, because uh, I was just like, like I turned really shy. Like it was really yeah. hard talk to him and we have this scene and I just kind of felt like that dopey person that just like stands there and stares at him with a big smile on your face because I'm like say something say something find something clever to say and I just kept like you know that everybody was like goofing around and talking but I was just like the biggest like starstruck fan you know doing a scene with him and well, then I mean that whole movie first of all was way better than I expected. I, the summary did not make it sound very appealing. It sounded very by the numbers. Then yeah. I watched it and really enjoyed it. And I thought that, uh, they had, uh, Kyle and Laura had nice chemistry and, yeah. uh, I thought that Pat did pretty good because there was his first acting he's ever done. 
Yeah. He never has any, he has no other credits, at least on IMDb, except for music video credits. Yeah. Well, it was funny, like the whole twist on his character, you know, that he's just a guy kind of getting discovered and used. He gets to go on tour with his band. Laura Osnes, oh my God, I love that girl. I mean, from the minute I met her, you know, you talk about where somebody fits in your heart. I mean, I am just constantly, I was like, you know, like if I have a daughter, like I wanted her to be just like you. Like it just makes me cry. Like she and I just like really embraced each other that it was beyond being actors or oh being friends or oh being nice like she literally there was a piece inside my heart that i'm like you fit and i'm keeping you forever like you're always you're always my daughter i mean i just like if i could pick a daughter in the world i'm like i i I get her i get her i mean laura austin i love i absolutely loved her so you know playing her mom was like there were so many scenes like we would just lock eyes and I would just tear up, like, you know, it's not in the film because, it, you know, the story wasn't going in that direction. But that story, it was kind of like the relationship between her and her dad. And so, you know, the mom, I was like a little bit more on the sideline, which is a bit of a shame because she and I had such a an undeniable, palatable connection and um, so I really hope that I can work with her again because, I mean, I just know that we could make magic. Um, yeah. But Laura Boyd, going back to Laura Boyd, oh, my God, one of the funniest people I have ever met in my life. She is a hoot. We had so much fun on that show. And yeah. I wish that the, you know, I mean, the the... the I, you know, the frustrating thing as an actor with all of these shows is we shoot so much more than ever, than ever yeah. in screen. You well, know, she was so funny in that movie because she's all obsessed with this acapella group. Yeah, that we, there would have been more, you know, one on mom with the two moms because, you know, we were, you know, we were always just kind of off on the side and stuff that, yeah, when you talk about, you know, this, uh, this group of gals, you know, kind of our age that could all work together and be very distinct characters. So I worked on that with her and then, you know, turned around and then did cut color and murder with her again. Like, I just like, she's somebody go, I wish I could do every movie with her because she's, she's, she's so fun, funny, but then, you know, generous and kind and talented. She's so good. Like, she's one of those actors that just makes everything look so easy and so real, you know, that she can be funny and then she can just break your heart. So, you know, it was... And this this cast was very musically gifted. So I was wondering if there was any, like, singing behind behind the scenes or I guess were you still all pretty... pretty, um, That was the thing that I wish talented as Laura is that I wish that... She could have been singing in it, you know. Kyle Selig, he also is a Broadway singer. You know, and then you've got Pat. Please have a sequel to that so that, you know, because that only scratched the surface of how much talent was in that cast. You know, the fact that Laura didn't get to sing. And, you know, if those two could have sung together, I mean, we could have a whole, you know, whatever, Sound of Music, Music Man, you know, Grease. You know, you go, oh, my God, could you just see those two yeah. together, 
like within a Hallmark setting. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. I'm that that they're really they really should do a Hallmark musical. Can you imagine the ratings if they did one of those uh, like live musicals uh, on Hallmark? during the during Christmas, because Christmas is all about music. It's so they, they it's just a natural fit. And there's yeah. so many people in the Hallmark family that are musically gifted that you could, you could have, it, it would, I think it would do super well and be great. I yeah, love it. Network, you know, that is completely untapped. And I just like yeah. how it's high school musical, right? musicals just really took off again you know because a lot of times you know like dancing i mean they just had annie live just barely in december and that did i think well yeah yeah Yeah. that yeah i mean because they can just pull the best of the best talent and the fact that we had two broadway stars not just people who could sing or like these are award-winning broadway stars so I was hoping that, you know, something would, would come out of yeah. that. Well, hopefully in sooner because, because Kyle was one of the breakouts for me from last year. I really enjoyed him in, in Tahoe and then also in the um, Real Housewives of the North Pole on Peacock uh, that he was, they played one of the sons in that and he was great, charming, really fun. So and, charming. Like, yeah. yeah that even in Tahoe, like I loved watching him because you didn't know what he was going to do. You know, that he just wasn't like, he's not a cookie cutter actor. And it's like, oh, this is how I say it. And this is how I'm supposed to do it. He was so stinking real that I just found him like not acting ever. And just like his reactions and stuff like that, that it was part of the character in Tahoe. You know, he's a little bit of a you know, not like a naughty boy, but you know, he was like that, you know, that he was a little bit of like a troublemaker in a way, or like he could laugh behind people's backs, that he could be kind of trouble, but it's like such lovable trouble. Right. Yeah. yeah. I felt that too. Yeah. It was fun. I just loved, yeah. Watching those two together on screen that mm-hmm. I think, uh, like a bit more Liberty, in, in a, you know, uh, a script or in a situation with those two together. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just, it, it would, would be fun. So for cut color murder, uh, this is another spoiler alert. <laughs> so your character is the one that gets murdered. And was that kind of, have you ever been the murder victim before in these mysteries? So is the first? I was crushed. I was so crushed. <laughs> I'm like, no, because they asked me to do it. And 
originally, my character's name was Mitzi Culpepper. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to be this character. It's like, Mitzi <laughs> You know, and she runs the pageants and she's just all yeah. that. You know, it's just one of those characters. I'm just like, ah, oh, just painted for me. And it's like, how big can I go with this? You know, how much do I, you know, do you get broad? Do you make it more sinister? Do you make her loving? Do you make people really hate her? You know, it was such a rich character because like, there's a million things that I could do with that character. And, you know, her relationships, she had a very specific relationships mm-hmm. with all the different people, you know? Right. And it was a really complex character. And I was just, you know, when they asked me to play her, I'm like, yeah. And then I get the script. I'm like, what? What? I went, I can't. They're like, no, I don't. No. You know, I had like, I had big plans for Mitzi. So, uh, do you know I? You need to write fan fiction. In the in the, in the time that I, I fan had, fiction. Well, you know the beauty of that show is you know hey first of all before we I go off the rails on Mitzi that <laughs> show was so good wasn't it? Mm, yeah. I was riveted you know because you do like a lot of Hallmark shows you know they kind of have the formula and blah blah. Yeah. That I thought that show was so good, Julie. And Ryan are so, so good. You know, like they're just with their comedy and their reality and their, you know, the the chemistry, but the nitpicky. But I just, and I thought the script was so good and the, the list of suspects really kept everybody guessing. I thought it was written so well because had I not known who the killer was, you go, I was literally like watching it on the end of my seat because... You know, I, I read yeah. the script and I knew the script and I'd seen the scenes shot that I was in. But even as an actor, you know, I didn't see the movie until all the other, until the audience saw the movie. So I watch it right along with the audience, you know, the ups and downs and the surprises and the twists. And uh, I just thought, I, I, I think that show, I'm knocking on wood. You can hear me knocking on my wooden desk. That that show has a long life because, yeah. oh my, I think it was so good. Yeah. So, here's my plan for Mitzi. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, you know, Mitzi met her demise, A, either she didn't really die, right? We don't know if she really died. So maybe, that's one thing. Uh-huh. The other thing is there. there's all the flashbacks, you know, going back to Allie's husband, Dan, there's all these flashbacks. And so you go, well, Mitzi's alive during that whole flashback time. Yeah, prequel. Yeah. So you go, there's, yeah, a whole alternate universe that Mitzi is very much alive in. Yeah. We're going to be going, the show will be going to that alternate universe because of Dan. You know, we're going to be following the mystery of what happens to him. And so I'm like, hey, Mitzi's around. Let's use Mitzi. So I think that that's one possibility. And then the other possibility, you know, there's always the twin. Yeah. There's always the twin. <laughs> yes. Sister or the cousin, you know, <laughs> that either comes to town or lives in town or, you know, because it's just, it's it's such a great, you know, energy and, and catalyst for what's going on in town. You know, you always kind of need somebody who stirs the pot 
And oh, I hope they make you that twin. That would be amazing. Oh my God. I would just, <laughs> that you work on, you know, in their movies and so like, you know, there's a limited time and us actors are like, like if this was like, if we could come to work on this show every day, like if this was, yeah. this was your job, you just go, you know, I would just be in seventh heaven. And so that entire, you know, cast and crew and the production team on Cut, Color, Murder is top notch. I mean, Chris McNeely, the producer, is just, like, he's so good and he's so hands-on and has had so many, you know, successful shows. And Ryan, you know, who's the lead of the show, he's also one of the producers. And so he's so, you know, it's nice for him to have a part in that show in both positions. And I think that that has a lot to do with the, you know, the success and the appeal of that show. And, uh, you know, Julie, I just, you know, you know, I, I, I know that it kind of sounds like every movie. I'm like, I love this person. I love that person. But <laughs> you, every one of those people really are special, like in their own way. And I'm not fake. I don't love everybody. And right. not everybody makes me rave about them, but I do rave about the people that really move me, you know, that I'm like, you know, that I want to be friends with. I want to be associated with professionally, like people that excite me and, and, you know, I feel are, are good people and they do good work, but they have good hearts and good intentions. And, um, so it isn't everyone, but, you know, in that show, it is, it is both of them. I mean, they are really they deserve to be raved about. Well, I mean, everybody, almost everybody that I've ever talked to in the, uh, the Hallmark world was acting, writing, um, has just been so nice. And I mean, I I guess they're not going to like, you know, show their bad side to me as a podcast, but, but a few of them, (laughs) but for the most part, they've all been so nice. And I, you know, and I walk away and I'm like, wow, that person, was just the coolest. It was so nice. So I, I, I can understand what you're feeling. And I, and I think it feels sincere. I don't think it feels, uh, insincere and I think it's great. And, um, well, we like to end our interviews with some fun, silly questions. You've already had in your last interview, like the regular questions. So you get this time, the Christmas questions, the holiday questions, Oh, okay. so put on your holiday cap, <laughs> come back. All right. First question. What is your favorite holiday drink? I like eggnog with a little splash of bourbon. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? I like sugar cookies. Sugar cookies with frosting. Mm -hmm. I just like definitely. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Christmas Carol, Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Oh, even just saying those three words, like, just bring tears to my eyes. That song, I love, Oh Holy Night. Well, there's two. That really, really is me. Um, uh, oh, Come All Ye Faithful reminds me so much of my dad. That when I was, my dad was a really good singer and all his brothers were. And when I was little, 
And we always had huge Christmases at my grandma's house in Kansas with all the aunts and uncles and cousins. And, you know, we would stay up with, you know, we always had Christmas on Christmas Eve. And we'd all stay up and we'd go to midnight mass. And, and midnight mass, I will never forget, like, as a kid. And there was one time when I was, they were singing, Oh, come all ye faithful. And my, he's such a beautiful voice. And I'll never forget just like that awe of being a little girl looking up at my dad. And it was like, and so that song, it just, it's, it's in my blood, you know, because you go to me, that's, that's my dad and that's Christmas growing up. And it's so personal and it's St. Mary's church in Hayes, Kansas. And, uh, so that's, you know, or, you know, and we would sing it in Latin too. And so especially, you know, when they do the Adeste Fidelis, it's like, I know every word to that because we sing that all the time. And so those two, yeah. Oh, come on, you faithful and oh, holy night. Look at I'm sitting here crying. <laughs> those are good ones. Those are good ones. Wiping away tears. <laughs> all right. Well, what is your favorite classic Christmas movie? Uh, oh, there's too many. What is the name? You know, there's one that Will and I kind of made our tradition dang it i'm just blinking out and it's with janet lee and robert mitchum holiday fair yes <laughs> yeah. that, you know and most i'm yeah, so great because i forgot the name because most people don't even know that so listeners next christmas holiday affair you've got to watch it isn't that fabulous i love yeah, that it's really fun he is such a like character in that movie he's that such a personality boy. that little boy oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah the little boy yeah. Um, all right. Which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? Scrooge. Okay. Clear lights or colored? Clear. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? I'll uh, build a snowman. Okay. Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? I am a brilliant gift wrapper. <laughs> I am like award-winning gift. Oh my God. I, yeah, I could send you pictures. We'll do that next time. Okay, I would good. blow your mind. Oh, gift wrapping is like a passion. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I do not. Probably because you're in Cal- you spend a lot of time in California. <laughs> I don't have an ugly one. No, I have like a Christmassy sweater that has, you know, like snowflakes on it, but it's not ugly. Mm-hmm. you're like mine looks good what are you talking about <laughs> that's great well very good you answered all the questions <laughs> good questions yeah you really got me going it's funny <laughs> when they all trigger something you know like yeah. they all they all have an attachment you know it's not just an answer it's like i could give you you know a 20 minute dissertation on each answer <laughs> well i was telling uh some of the girls today that that some people are storytellers and you just ask them a question and they tell you a story and that's just in their blood. And those are a joy to interview. And you are definitely one of those people. And so thank you so much. And we definitely have to make sure it's not three years again for the next Let, Yeah, Let's do, let's do. I don't know. I can see again. It went so fast, but that's a good thing. Like, yeah. fun. Well, do you have social media you want to share? Um, on, uh, Instagram, I think I'm just at Rebecca Staub. I need to be so much better on Instagram. That's where I'm, I don't know. I have like too much going on in real life that it's hard for me to be as active yeah. as 
should be. So I need to work on my Instagram so you guys can help me out. Follow me on Instagram. It's at Rebecca Staub. On Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Staub one. You know, like the number one, Rebecca okay. Staub numeral one. And then Facebook, I, you know, I'm just me, Rebecca Staub. And then there's also Rebe Rebecca Staub fan page. Um, so, and most of the stuff on my Rebecca Staub on my real page, I just make public anyway. So it's pretty easy to, you know, follow me that if you've given me a friend request and they haven't gotten to it, I'm not ignoring you. Just go ahead and follow me on there anyway, because all my posts are, are public, but you can follow the fan page too. And yeah, I have to get cracking on Instagram. There's not, I think there's not enough hours in the day. I just, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's busy. It's hard, <laughs> but thank you so much. This was so much fun. And, uh, if you're, if you're listening, let us know what you think about things we talked about. What do you think of our first wives club reboot idea? Cause I think yeah. it's a brilliant. <laughs> we should do it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you can follow me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us out so much. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store and all that information's in the description. Thank you so much, Rebecca. This was a blast. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.